Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, episode number 40. I'm your host, Andrea Renee, and you are here listening to your source of video game news, analysis, commentary, and funny stuff. Back from Mexico, it's Miss Christine Steimer. I got the bags of Cheetos to prove it. (laughs) I really want some of those Cheetos. And of course, on her lovely green screen, as always, Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. Hi, Steimer. What are you talking about, Cheetos? I have uh, Mexican Cheetos. Oh, they look really delicious. Oh. Um, they are uh, but, so much I mean, better than Cheetos, American Cheetos. So you can't really go wrong. <laughs> I mean, we're all meeting up at the end of this month. You should kind of. <gasps> bring Do you want some? me to save a bag? Can you save yes. a bag, Simon? Can you okay. control yourself and not eat them all? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, good. Um, we still haven't eaten the cup of noodles either. I think there's some laying around. Oh my God, <laughs> we're going to get real fat. <laughs> all salt all the time. It's going to be great, Just ladies super and gentlemen. Bloat. <laughs> I'm okay with that life. Maybe we'll do this after we record the show. So that way yeah, we'll have to worry about being puffy on camera. Um, if you are watching us, that means that you've hopefully subscribed to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash what's good games. You can also connect with us over on Facebook at facebook.com slash what's good games. And I popped into our Discord this week, said hello to the folks holding it down over there. Um, got to see some people like DJF Sparta. Shout out. Um, in case you have forgotten that we have a Discord, discord.gg slash what's good games i'm gonna be the first to admit the three of us don't get in there very often but we do every once in a blue moon but more importantly it's a place for fans of what's good to connect with each other to talk about video games there's an off-topic channel to talk about whatever you want movies tv snack foods like mexican cheetos um (laughs) and there's um i created a new lfg channel as well because some people had been writing in asking hey where's a good place where i can connect with other members of the community and exchange gamer tags and psn ids and steam handles and all that jazz nintendo switch friend codes those terrible terrible members why Um, so that way you guys can head on over there and connect with other members of our community if you're looking for someone to uh, group up with in online multiplayer games uh so just wanted a a little reminder about that um also reminder over at patreon.com slash what's good games we're gonna have our turbo shout outs uh this week apologies we didn't get them in last week we had a special guest on miss kimberly wallace if you missed it um we celebrated valentine's day with our secret segment talking about some of our favorite video game romances if you missed it if you are not a member of the secret segment club and above you can still get in. There's still time. You can check out all of those details again over at patreon.com slash what's good games. Plus, we launched some new merch. Britt, can you tell the folks about this cool stuff that we launched? Oh, yeah. They're great. I don't know why I sounded constipated when I said that. Yeah. <laughs> I was and- like, you either are constipated or you got punched in the gut. I'm so excited. I turned 90 and that's my old person voice. All right. <laughs> so we do have some new merch. Thanks to the lovely. Okay. Is it Jackie or JC? JC. 
JC. I was not sure. I mean, I'm, and, I'm pretty sure she hasn't corrected us yet. <laughs> well, she, correct us, Jackie slash JC. Let us know if we're butchering your name. So we have two fun designs based off of some memes of the show. We have five in total. First one is nerdy for narrative. We have an awesome design, two awesome designs. One of them is um, a woman reading a book, and it's fantastic. And she's nerdy for narrative. She's all intense. She's like, raw, I'm nerdy for narrative. It's, it's so fantastic. good. It's like in the comic book art style. I love it. So good. We also have, oh, I'm so, this is my favorite, Goodbye Forever. And so this, t- this t-shirt has a picture of the earth on it and then a silhouette of a woman backflipping off of the earth. Presumably it looks array. Um, and, then, and then we have another one, which I really, really love, which is baby ass baby mode, baby mode. And so it's so, good. so, so good. It has, um, like easy, normal, hard difficulty. And then above easy, it says baby ass baby mode and that's selected. They're so freaking good. Oh, yes. Big baby shout ass out to, um, to the, to JC for making all those designs for us. Um, they really turned out, um, quite nicely. So if you guys are interested in checking those out, you can head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash what's good games. Um, and now we're going to get started with the show, but, um, some exciting news. We've got a new sponsor here at what's good. This Woo-hoo. episode of the what's good games podcast is brought to you by ripped gamers. So this time of year is right around when most of us have given up on our new year's resolutions. Admit it. You probably did. And, have most likely resigned ourselves to feeling unmotivated again until next January. But it's not too late to get back to your fitness goals, and Ripped Gamers is here to help. Created by personal trainer Tim Ross, Ripped Gamers is more than a fitness program. It's an online community of people who enjoy what you do, video games. The big problem with our hobby that we all love is that it often requires us to be pretty sedentary, unless you got Britt's sweet setup with her treadmill and console. But... Tim is here to help you get physically fit without compromising your gaming lifestyle. His goal is to help gamers everywhere get healthy and feel comfortable with their bodies. He's lost over 40 pounds personally, and he's adamant. It's very simple if you do it right. Tim is giving away a complete step-by-step training and nutrition program that you can use to begin your fitness journey. You can also join the Ripped Gamers Facebook community for advice, support, or just to meet some gamers who have done or are doing the weight loss journey with you. Now, if you're really serious, he even offers one-on-one entirely online coaching. You can sign up for this from anywhere in the world. Now, what's kind of crazy about this, though, is that everything over at Rift Gamers is completely free. Yes, you heard right. 100% free. The program, the Facebook group, and even the one-on-one coaching. Now, this isn't a gimmick, and you don't need to put your email address in or a credit card or anything like that to access everything you'd ever need to get lean. Tim really believes in giving for the sake of giving, and I think that's pretty darn cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I I mean, it's like when he first approached us and I was talking to him about this, um, I was like, but wait, so like, what are you selling? He's like, I'm literally not selling anything. He's like, my personal training business is like booked solid. He's like, I'm just doing this because I want to help people. And I was like, that's so nice. That's really awesome. So if you guys are interested in kickstarting your fitness journey and you want to start working towards your own goals, you can head on over to www.rippedgamers.com. So that's R-I-P-P-E-D gamers.com. Download your free program and join the community. Everything you need to lose weight is right at your fingertips and is 100 hundred percent free. So uh, thank you to Ripped Gamers for sponsoring this episode. And now let's talk about some news. So ladies, uh, a big thing happened last weekend. 
I know it's been a few days since this dropped, but over in Japan at the Japanese D23 event, we got a brand new trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3. I was hoping somebody would do some kind of fanfare. (laughs) Um, So this is... Unfortunate that Miss Alexa Ray is still um, somewhere in Swirling outer space, in space and can't yeah. be here to discuss this. But I did check in with her via text um, and I asked her, I was like, do you have anything to relay about what happened in this new Kingdom Hearts trailer? Um, and she does. But before I get into a couple of her comments, I'm going to read a little synopsis for everybody who missed it. So over um, on Polygon, Mr. Mike Wick. Mick Werder, wrote up that Square Enix released a new trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3 at the D23 Expo in Japan. It showed off a new Monsters, Inc.-inspired world and new gameplay. The publisher also offered a preview of brand new Kingdom Hearts 3 music from singer Hikaru Utada. Kingdom Hearts 3's journey to the world of Monsters, Inc. means a fresh, furry look for our heroes Sora, Donald, and Goofy. There's also more footage of Sora teaming up with the Toy Story crew, as well as appearances from Rapunzel and Flynn Rider from Tangled and Ariel from The Little Mermaid, who shows up as a summon. Kingdom Hearts regulars like Riku, Vanitas, and at Marluxia also pop up. In addition to new Kingdom Hearts 3 footage, Square also released a video featuring the game's theme song, Don't Think Twice by Hikaru Utada. You can listen to the new tune wherever you find can your gaming on the internet. News. Google it. <laughs> yes. Because if we play it for you here, we most certainly will get a content ID flag. <laughs> well, more than likely. So um, I do have it here, though. Maybe just a little bit. You'll never see it coming. That's that's the wrong Wrong game. game. That's the wrong game. (laughs) Oh, that was good. And it's you'll never seal it coming. Nightmare. Sorry, man. Brit is holding up an imaginary lighter. Oh wait, she's got a real. Oh, she's holding up her drink instead. Starts a little slow. I'm going to jump forward. Yes, please. (laughs) It sounds pretty, but it's like cutting in and out on the feed. So I'm like, hmm? Yeah. So I've heard, I've heard mixed emotions from Kingdom Hearts fans about this. Um, some of them are like, I'm so into that. Some of them are like, I hate it. Some people are like, meh. Um, Tim over at um, Kind of Funny, he and I were talking about it, and he was like, I didn't like it the first time I heard it, but it's growing on me. And I was like, okay. Um, so Alexa Ray texted to me and said, I was like, can you tell me what you thought? And she says, tell everyone I think Goofy looks fucking bad. <laughs> I think that was a general consensus. I've seen a lot of that. <laughs> she says, Monsters Inc. is a solid choice, but where the hell is Frozen and Goofy looks bad, all capitals. <laughs> and then she sent a close-up photo of Goofy in his monster form. And he de- he definitely looks a little wonky. But I he mean, he's got monster derp. eyes. So, like, I mean, he's supposed to look a little weird. But I think it's like... The fact that he like doesn't really have his ears in this shot looked 
Makes it look really weird. For whatever reason, he looks super stoned to me. Like, he just looks really <laughs> tweaked it's out. It's the way the monster eyes are. It's like he's squinting. Um, and then she says, the Riku clip brings a whole bunch of stupid lore stuff up front, but I need an hour and a whiteboard to explain it. So I told her <laughs> when she eventually returns that I will make sure there is a whiteboard and she can explain it. Hopefully it won't take a full hour. Um, it might. That might be the third segment. <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so this is good. Uh, you know, pre- as predicted, uh, um, some news in the spring. I have a feeling that we're going to get much more um, as we get closer to E3. I would guess they're holding Frozen for a much bigger event than D23 Japan. Um, I would imagine they're either going to do a standalone press event for the Frozen reveal or they're going to hold it for E3 and then give a release date. But it sounds like the game is still trucking along. They had 2018 in the trailer. So maybe, maybe wow. it's going to happen and Alexa won't have to die because she, Believe. she was like, Believe. it has to come this year. It has I watched, to. I watched the trailer and I know nothing about Kingdom Hearts except for what Alexa has told us. And honestly, that all goes over my head because she, she just, she, she's good at explaining stuff, but it's so she like uses Kingdom Hearts lore. jargon. It's okay. You could say it's a that. lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what you just said. Um, but it, I like the, I like how it looks. I think I could potentially pick it up and play it i don't know if that would be a bad thing since this would be the first game that i've ever played but hey we'll see what happens that's how i felt too i was like i have no idea what's going on story-wise but it looks fun to like run around in the different disney worlds and attack things like i'm down with that like the toy story world that looks fun i can get behind that yeah, but I like Disney a lot, so like I'm down. I just don't know what the hell's going on with Sora and like all this other shit. There's a lot of lore there. <laughs> I've seen Alexa talk all about the Kingdom Hearts lore, and it's like, damn, that girl knows her stuff. But I can't follow it for a second. Yeah, I I kind of feel like that even people who are big Kingdom Hearts fans don't know what's going on all the time. <laughs> I think you have to be like an Alexa level expert um, to really know. Which, by the way, if you guys have not checked out her book, and you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, Boss Fight Books, Kingdom Hearts 2 by Alexa Ray Korea. You can buy that book where books are sold. Amazon. Online. Google it. Really just Amazon. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> um, but um, if you're interested in getting a refresher and kind of hearing some of her deep dive thoughts, uh, you should definitely check it out. I heard her do a live reading of it when it, um, when it first came out. Excellent. She's oh great. yeah, she had a little party, right? It was a little launch yeah, party. It was a it was a book signing and live reading. It's awesome. It was great. That's cool. Um so we'll of course, you know, um be keeping our tabs on what's happening with Kingdom Hearts, but um certainly some good pieces of information for people who are desperately awaiting any morsel. And um hopefully we'll hear more very soon because they don't have too much time left to announce a release date. I kind of feel like they have to announce by E3. Oh, yeah. Like, Otherwise, what are you doing with your life? at Q1, probably. <laughs> yeah. 2019, that is. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, some interesting news. Spyro Trilogy Remaster is allegedly coming to the PlayStation 4 via Kotaku. 
According to multiple sources familiar with the project, Activision is currently working on a Spyro the Dragon trilogy remaster, which will be announced in March 2018 and released in Q3 2018. The trilogy remaster will, much like the highly successful Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy, feature new assets, lighting, animations, and cinematics, as well as a remastered soundtrack. It will also feature updates to the save feature, much like occurred in the Crash remaster, which replaced the original game's password feature with something much more user-friendly. The remaster will include Spyro the Dragon, Ripto's Rage, and Year of the Dragon, and there is the tantalizing promise of some content cut from the original release of those games. Now, some bullet points. It will be announced for PS4 with PS4 Pro support sometime in March. One source suggested that September could be the launch month, which would be in line with Spyro the Dragon's 20th anniversary. It'll be a one-year timed exclusive for PlayStation 4, and apparently the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy is tied to a one-year exclusivity window expected to see but you can expect to see multiple ports of that sometime later this year. And Vicarious Visions is back developing. So for the record, this is all speculated. This is not confirmed. Activision has not come forward and said, yes, this is all true. Um, no one has confirmed any of this. This is all from sources to Kotaku. I have to say, though, it feels like this is probably true. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, like, I mean, why not? Simon, did you play Spyro back in the day? I played a little bit of it. I always really liked Spyro because I think he's adorable. He's Ooh, what's cute. not to like about this little purple dragon that runs around and sets things on fire? Like, yes, your spirit animal, Simon. That's what I love to do most. Um, so I'm excited to actually like get this because when I was young, I think I only played Spyro and like other at other people's houses because I didn't have a PlayStation until. I was in my early 20s. Um, so now I get to experience the dragon. The dragon. <laughs> I just find it interesting. It's weird to me because I so strongly associate Spyro and Crash. Even though Spyro la- like later on did come to other platforms, but with PlayStation. So it feels weird for it to be on anything else, even though I know like it can be now. It's not how it works. It's just a weird association thing. Totally. Yeah, and I, well, probably why the exclusivity rumor is there. It would make sense that it belongs there first, right? But I yeah. think, you know, with Spyro's involvement in Skylanders, and of course, mm-hmm. there's an argument to be made that he was that big of a part of Skylanders, but that was so multi-platform that, you know, the character of Spyro, I think, is uh, appealing to a much broader audience. I would understand why Activision probably wouldn't want to make it a locked exclusive forever, and that a timed exclusivity makes sense. And if Vicarious Visions is back, that's great news. They did a fantastic job with the Crash trilogy. Um, and considering how well it sold, I mean, why not? But I think it's worth discussing that it's probably not going to do the crazy numbers that Insane Trilogy did. Britt, what do you think? No, I agree with that. I never played Crash or Spyro much growing up. I did play Spyro on the PlayStation Underground sampler disc volume eight, ladies and gentlemen, which also <laughs> featured like Metal Gear, Cool Borders 3, God, what other games do I have in here? Parasite Eve. Um, and I remember that demo. I'm not answering your question right now, but I have to go down memory lane. <laughs> um, you go, girl. <laughs> it had, I don't know if any, did you guys ever play the uh, PlayStation demos back in the day through the magazines that you would get? No. Uh, no. Oh, there are goddamn treasures. Okay, so, <laughs> no, so Spyro had the demo of Spyro. It just features Spyro and Stonehill, which is like the opening stage. And I would play that demo for hours and hours. 
and hours and just run around and I would LARP. I LARPed a lot in my video games when I was younger. And so I would pretend that I was like... Wait, so you were like, I am a dragon. Yeah, I would go through. I would unlock all the dragons. You release the dragons or find them or whatever. Because you would like run into them and then it would initiate a cutscene. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And then I would kill all the monsters. And then I would like pretend I was a sheep, a sheep, a, a dragon living his best life among sheep. And I would like, and that sounded very poetic. I did not mean it that oh, way. Dragon living, living his, his best, best life, life among <laughs> the sheep. <laughs> but it's funny because it's like one of my favorite PlayStation One memories is just like that demo disc alone. I never played the actual game. So TLDR, uh, no, I don't think this will do as well as Crash. However, I will pick this up over Crash. I think because it's like I feel like it's finally my one time where I can play this. Now oh my I'm god, old. you and I can LARP together. We can LARP. I'll tell you how I LARPed. I have all, like, my caves and areas that I would, like, hole up and... Pre- oh god, I'll have to talk about this some other time. It's gonna be amazing. Oh yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, because Crash had such a... Like, a a build-up to it, right? Like, Sean Layden had the t-shirt and, like, just... Tea putting little bits out there and people were working themselves up and then... <laughs> Whereas now this is just gonna be like, by the way, that... That dragon that everybody really likes is out. I people have been asking about this for a while. Yeah, I think that yeah, there's but definitely not like dedicated crazy. fan base for Spyro, but I still maintain that it's not as many people want Spyro as wanted Crash. Although it might do, but because he wasn't Skylanders, he, this could sell better than Crash. Don't you think? Like that Skylanders audience is a lot of kids. If the kids are like, "Mommy, mommy, I want that," that's a good point. That's very fair. I mean, I think the people that want a remaster are like the older gamers who remember Spyro in his glory days. And then if it's approachable enough, um, if they make a baby ass baby mode, for example, um, I think it could be definitely marketed as a family game for sure. I yeah, mean, I'm curious. From what I remember it. of Spyro, I just walked around and shit set. Wow, set sheep on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the difficulty was not like Crash for sure. Yeah, <laughs> so no. like it was not. That's a, yeah, that's kind of my point. Like I think Spyro is a much easier game to to pass on to your children and be like, hey, I played this when I was a kid. Yeah, How you, you can play market it. it. It's a cute purple little dragon. And plus, when, oh, yeah. you, when you burn the sheep, they turn into freaking butterflies. Now that's very family friendly, if you ask me. Oh, super yeah. family friendly. And then your dragonfly eats them. It's true. It's a circle ah. of life. Circle of life. life, and it moves us all. Yes, I'm sing it. <laughs> um, okay, so look for that announcement soon, March 2018. Um, that's real soon. That's just a few weeks away. Yeah, I know. February, that short month always sneaks up on you. Before you know yep. it, it's GDC, and you're like, "What happened? Where did everything? <laughs> where did the beginning of this year go? Exactly. Now it's almost gone. Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna blink. It's gonna be three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really um, submitted for registration for E3. Excited to go back this year. It's going to be excellent. Did um, you know, um, sorry not to derail too much with E3, that they, we didn't talk about this because we talked about it last week on the show, that they limited the hours that um, consumers have on the show floor. I did not hear that. Wait, yeah, tell me they more. Announced this, um, a couple, God, they announced it a few weeks, I think, before they sold the passes, but... Industry and media only have three hours, I think, every day to themselves before um, the general population is allowed in. So wow. why three they hours? just do like public days and private days? I don't know. Um, that's great news for somebody who covers the show. Um, I don't know how I'd feel about that if I was buying a <laughs> ticket to the show. Um, did hey, they extend the hours, hours overall? That because that first day 
is short. It's only from noon to five. I don't know why they haven't adjusted those hours because so, it's a holdover from when Nintendo did their press conference on Tuesday morning. But Nintendo has stopped doing that now almost five years running, I think. I'll have to look it up, but yeah. it's been a while. Okay, so June 12th, which is a Tuesday, it's open to industry um, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. And it opens up to Gamer Pass, the consumer, at 2 p.m. And then on Wednesday, it opens to the industry at 9 a.m. And then it opens to consumers at 12 p.m. And then on Thursday, the 14th, it's open from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. for everyone. Huh. That's weird. Is it cheaper this year, maybe? No. Same no. price. No. Oh, same the, price. The All first right, well, 1,000 tickets went hosed. for 150 <laughs> And then the remaining tickets are 250 Now, they didn't. I didn't see them specify how many remaining tickets... Are go- they're going to sell last year. They sold a total of 15,000 tickets to the public. I don't know if they're keeping that number or if they're decreasing or increasing it. I don't think, Britt, have you seen anything? Have they said? I haven't. Nope. I haven't seen anything on that. Um, but this is interesting. So 11 to 7. So that's definitely an extension of hours on Tuesday, June 12th, uh, which is good. I, I think that that's fine. It's just a lot harder on the people who are exhibiting, um, at E3. And then nine to seven on Wednesday. That's going to be a long day. <laughs> yeah, but Gamescom is like seven to. Seven. I don't remember if that's exactly, but it's a long oh, yeah, show. No, Gamescom, Gamescom is like unruly. All brutal. the people that I know that work in video games marketing and public relations call it like their personal Vietnam. It's it's that's how that's how bad not it is, that bad. Say. It's like but going it's to bad. war. <laughs> it's, and I was like, I don't want to make light of going to war. Obviously. Like right. clearly there's some hyperbole at play and don't get upset if you're listening or watching the show, but, <laughs> but yeah, that yeah. show definitely almost broke me because yeah, I was like, who designed this? Well, I think it was a combination of like the studio I was working for deciding that they weren't going to hire any extra booth help and it was just going to be employees, which was dumb. Fine. Uh, and then, so it's like, you only have, like, you are there all day all day like with an hour break if that so um don't do that if you're going to gamescom (laughs) give your employees some regular hours yeah (laughs) breaks breaks are important drink lots of water at e3 and so that's interesting thank you for bringing that up brit and for letting us know that is interesting i think they should still like maybe do i think that first day could just be industry only and then open up the rest yeah, I'm glad that they're doing all attendees and exhibitors on the last day because that day does slow down quite substantially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But I would rather it had been from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. than 11 to 7. I mean, I don't know. There's just always so much to do after the show closes. Like drink. Like, yes, like eat, like sit down somewhere quietly in a Have dark food? corner what are you talking about you don't eat during e3 true. You, you run on you coffee eat and tears and finger foods Brittany chicken brings strip. you a single chicken tender and a napkin in the xbox booth <laughs> i'm pretty like, sure i feel like i was on an escort mission when i was like carrying that chicken strip to you like i needed to hand that to you to beat the game <laughs> I feel like almost every E3, I survive. I have like a cup of coffee in the morning and maybe one of those sandwich, like breakfast sandwiches from Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. Until dinner, if I get dinner. Yeah, I usually buy a box of like protein bars or granola bars and I'll, I'll have one of those with coffee in the morning. And then, yeah, there's that's no it. breaks. 
It's just pure adrenaline, man. You're just <laughs> running. Like, you just keep going all day long. Like you just keep moving. Just keep moving. Everything's fine. We're not going to die, I don't think. But maybe. Who knows? And then I made the really genius decision last year to go to Disneyland the day after E3. Never doing no, that too again. Much. I don't know how I got convinced into doing that. Maybe like go to the spa after. Yeah. But not Disneyland. Exactly. Somewhere where somebody just like, you know, like rubs my feet hey <laughs> you know like you just stood in lines for a week and we're fighting crowds do you want to go stand in more lines and fight a bigger crowd no i put like i put in like twenty five thousand steps the day after e3 i wanted Girl, to die no. it was horrifying no. i like broke i like broke my apple watch it was like what are you doing are you is your car stranded somewhere? Are you going back to civilization? Why are you moving so much? Do you need help? What if your Apple Watch said, like, just the little text came up was like, do you need assistance? <laughs> it seems like you've been walking an awfully long time. It's like the opposite message of what, uh, on the days where my activity is low. It's like, hey, Andrea, you usually have much more activity at this point of the day. And I'm like, shut up, watch. Why are you watching me? Oh, shit, you're a watch. <laughs> All right. We got on. Cry now, but slightly. Hey, right. <laughs> I'm gonna go on to the next story. <laughs> That's a good idea. Um, so this one is interesting. Uh, Hawaiian lawmakers have introduced loot crate regulation bills. So Polygon did this right up. They say state lawmakers in Hawaii have, as promised two months ago, introduced four bills that would regulate the sale of video games that feature so-called loot boxes or loot crates as part of their gameplay. Two bills in Hawaii State House and Senate would prohibit sales of loot box games to consumers younger than 21 years old. The legislation defines the loot boxes as random in-game rewards that can be bought for real money. After two bills, excuse me, another two bills, also before both chambers, would require video game publishers to label their games with notices that they contain loot boxes and disclose what the rates are of receiving each reward in their system. Loot boxes or loot crates caught the attention of not only lawmakers in Hawaii and Washington State, but also regulators in Belgium, the United Kingdom, and New Zealand, mainly when Star Wars Battlefront II launched in November. UK and New Zealand officials, ultimately said loot crates did not fit their nation's statutory definition of gambling. And we, of course, on this show have talked about how the ESA also has not labeled them as gambling. And at a news conference in November, Hawaii State Rep Sean Quinlan noted that loot crates have been a feature of mobile gaming for some time. But their encroachment on AAA console gaming made them a greater concern, especially for parents. Electronic Arts has declined to comment on legislative efforts involving loot crate systems. The Entertainment Software Association, as I mentioned, is a lobbyist here in the United States. They released a statement back in November saying that loot boxes are a voluntary feature in certain video games, and they are not gambling. The bills... Um, the bills... Did you... Oh, no. I think I think you accidentally cut this out, Britt. Uh, the bill's principal sponsor, Representative Chris Lee of Oahu, had harsh words in the reply, and then uh, there, da, and then it cuts to. Da, 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 let me da, da, fill in we're this on a break because we're looking for the rest of the we story need now. Getting planned for something. We got it. It's gonna planned. come here real soon. It's gonna take me we're more than a hear second. What you can the keep Oahu singing, guy has to say. <laughs> you can keep going. It's okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, we're still looking for the way. Oh, sorry. We're still looking for it. I didn't know. Okay, stop. (laughs) 
Um, Representative Chris Lee said, I grew up playing games my whole life. I've watched firsthand the evolution of the industry from one that seeks to create new things to one that's begun to exploit people, especially children, to maximize profit. So I thought that that was relevant because I think that this is the reason why gamers are upset about loot crates and loot boxes within video games and not necessarily microtransactions as a whole. Um, but that this, this idea that you're paying real money for a randomized role and you don't know what the odds are of you getting the thing you want. And some games don't have protections in place to prevent you from getting duplicates of things you already have, which is, I think, just as bad as not getting the thing you want is getting a duplicate of the thing you already don't want. So, um, well, it's more like the, you can get the duplicate and then there's nothing you can do with it because like for real life versions of this, i.e. trading cards. You you can you get duplicates all the time, but like you can trade them to your friends or whatever. Like there's a method of getting rid of them, right? But not so much in some games. True. Um. And I listen. This is legislation is introduced in the United States all the time. Doesn't mean that this is going to go anywhere, but I think that this is an interesting first step in combating this rampant greed that's happening with loot boxes and microtransactions. And I think, you know, EA certainly was a pretty bad offender last year. I don't think that there's any arguing that, but they're not alone. I mean, Ubisoft just this week put out a a massive financial statement talking about how much money they've made from in-game content, over $300 million. And Activision did too. So, yeah, they, I mean, it's a, it's a big revenue dri- uh, driver for a lot of publishers. I think what's interesting is this idea of gating it to people who are 21 years old and older and how they're going to potentially implement an age gating system in a digital marketplace seems like it's going to be virtually impossible. Well, one thing that I, so I just went to the ESRB because I was curious and I know that for a lot of game publishers, like nobody ever wants to go above mature, right? Like, cause it kind of kills the marketing that you could do for your game. So I was curious as to what, I knew that there was like a rating after that though. So it's adults A-O, only. Yeah. They consider it 18 and up. It says may include prolonged scenes of intense violence, graphic sexual content and or gambling with real currency. So the ESRB technically already has something like this but it's 18 and up and it's under the adults only marker which i just found was interesting yeah, i don't know I ask yeah why 21 because that's how old you need to be to gamble in the state of hawaii this oh in hawaii okay because i was saying Washington. Oh, was it 18? It's 18 it's 18 yeah it, oh, okay it's, no it's, i don't know where it is everywhere i don't gamble depending on which state you're in in right in las vegas i believe it's 21 in my uh the first place that i ever gambled in Minnesota, it's 18. In other states, it's different. So, like, gambling law is very state to state. So, it's between 18 and 21, depending on where you live. But that's why it's this, this is why this legislation is potentially problematic, right? Like, so if Hawaii is singled out as a place where you can't, um, you have to have age gates in place for games that have microtransactions, does that, like, does that mean that they need the adults only thing on this box? Right, because if that's the case, I have to imagine that publishers will just either stop selling games in Hawaii or they'll um, 
pull their microtransactions out. But given how much money they're making on microtransactions, I don't think that's probably going to happen first. I think they would stop selling games in Hawaii. And you they would buy stop selling games, games physically in Hawaii. You could still, like, cause yeah, like to your point earlier, how are you going to manage this? Like I can go on my PlayStation right now and buy anything I want. Right. Yeah. Or they're going to have to start some like black like, market, like game transferring across the sea, across the ocean. <laughs> well, I mean, Send me I that next I- Grand Theft Auto game, girl, <laughs> mail it to me. Well, I think, you know, that, that, you know, to implement an age gate system is, you know, it could be more a formality than an actual like way to gate people from buying it. I think what the gut, this to me feels like legislators who are getting complaints from their constituents and who need to make a show that they're doing something about it. So they've introduced a bill they know is going to fail. And then they're going to say, hey, guys, I tried. tried. (laughs) I was reading some of these quotes. Give me a cookie. I tried. And that's exactly what it comes across. Like the Washington State Senator Kevin Ranger says, what the bill is, is industry, state, sit down to figure out the best way to regulate this. It is unacceptable to be targeting our children with predatory gambling masked in a game with dancing bunnies or something. <laughs> with dancing what game are you talking bunny? about? Dancing bunnies and loot crates. I was like, is the rabbits game? Does that, I mean, am I missing something here? I thought that was pretty funny. And then there's just some quotes that seem like pretty extreme. Like if parents realize how predatory these games were, they wouldn't want them under their Christmas tree. They wouldn't want them just going to their kids. Yeah, and it's like, this is a game, it's a Star Wars themed online casino designed to lure kids into spending money. And it's just like, yeah, I wonder if these people are up for re-election soon. (laughs) It's definitely overblown. I did an interview with the CBC about the situation in Battlefront 2 back in November when the game came out. And the producer kept trying to get me to frame some of my answers in light of gambling. And I had to very be, I had to be really firm with them to keep saying, listen, you guys are trying to make this into something that it's not. And I hope that you asked me to be an expert on your show because I actually work in this industry and I have a better perspective on what's going on here. That's not to say that some of what's, hap- of what's happening isn't predatory because absolutely some of it is. However, it's not gambling in the same sense that like I go to Las Vegas and I put a hundred dollars on a craps table and then like 10 minutes later, I'm either rich or I'm walking away with nothing, right? Like it's, it's, it's different, um, in a variety of ways, but. I, I don't know. I I think that this is just posturing. I don't think anything's going to come of this. I think people have been spouting about how bad video games are since video games were a thing. And people like us who play video games are like, listen, let us just take care of this ourselves. We don't need you to make any laws about it. We'll handle our own we got business. It. It's fine. <laughs> Stay <laughs> in your own side of the playing ground. Playground, you people. Leave us I mean, alone. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed if they wanted to slap a label on the games. Like, hey, this contains loot boxes and here are yeah, your odds fine. of winning like Agreed. that's fantastic yes i think that should be done but this other stuff like you said i think it's just puffing the chest out and walking around all ruffled like a ruffled rooster yeah i'm glad that apple really took the lead there and said hey you know not in addition to already disclaiming which games have in-game transactions we're also going to start requiring um games to put their odds in their submissions and their descriptions so like hats off to apple for really taking a step forward there i think it also is to help protect them from legal action which they've undergone many times um but i hope that the publishers take that and go this is not that 
difficult. Of course, we can warn parents that there's loot boxes and microtransactions in the game. That's That shouldn't be, like, a debatable thing. Just do it. And then you should also put the odds on. Like, why not? Because, like, if it's like most parents that I've seen, they're not going to care anyway. They're still going to buy the game. Exactly. Like, I've seen so many parents who are just like, that's rated M. Who cares? I'll give it to my 10-year-old. <laughs> Will it shut them up so well, I can, like, drink right. a glass of wine in the corner? Then give it to them. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just hypothesizing what parents out there are feeling. Let me know Makes if sense. I'm right or if I'm wrong. <laughs> well, I'll be great parents someday. Someday. I'll just be the aunt to your children. <laughs> um, because we are recording a little bit earlier in the week because I'm going out of town and because of the holiday, Valentine's Day. It's not Day. a holiday. It's not a holiday. <laughs> It's a manufactured holiday. <laughs> Preach it, Steimer. Um, we b- probably I will have buy myself some chocolates. I feel like we th- these weeks that we record a little early, like big news happens, and then we're like, "Dang it, we missed the Red Dead Redemption Two release date." All the Nintendo stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So apologies, but hopefully you guys will forgive us and enjoy our hot takes. <laughs> anyway, but speaking of loot boxes, Andrea. Yes, you guys want to talk about this? Um, the Sea of Thieves business. Brittany? Yeah, sure. Why not? May Steimer, well. who wants to do it? Don't all volunteer oh. at once. <laughs> you put us on the spot. We don't know. We, we don't get we to had, read the we news. We had some technical difficulties and you cut out. What did you just say? Because <laughs> I feel like now I'm being put on the spot for something. What Brittany, can you, can you please read this addendum that you added in about Sea of Thieves? <clears throat> yes, I'd love to. All right. <laughs> all right. Sea of Thieves will never have loot boxes. According to PC Gamer, Sea of Thieves design director Mike Chapman confirmed that Rare is not interested in putting gambling in the game and as such didn't include any random blind boxes. Chapman told PC Gamer that although loot boxes are out of the question, microtransactions aren't. At launch, Sea of Thieves won't have microtransactions, but this could change as Rare tries to find ways of monetizing the game in the future. These microtransactions, if and when they're implemented, will be limited to cosmetic items, but Rare is hoping to offer a new take on the idea that'll suit the game's world and tone. There'll never be a form of gambling in Sea of Thieves of any description, said Chapman. The same goes for pay-to-win items, which the design director added are also not going to be in Sea of Thieves. So it won't be like, oh, they slapped microtransactions in the game. How interesting. No. Is that your British accent? I don't know what that is. What's a Sea of Thieves <laughs> game way of doing it? What's going to bring value to our players? I think that's the way we'll do it. I did like 18 different accents during that. You just like mushed them all together oh, and made a, made a noise. This is why I don't read the news, ladies and gentlemen. Turn to no, some... but that was good. I actually want you to read more, but in the accent, whatever that was. Uh, that was like 18 different accents muddled into one. It was great. Thanks. It was great. So you're now on One record. thing I saw. What? Um, also, I think I saw, I think it was Joe, actually. Um who is talking about some of the ideas of microtransactions that could come to the game. Uh, and one, Andrea, I think you will like, he was talking about like having pets, like Monkeys. a cat, like a cat on your ship Yep, that hangs out. I'm into this. And, but I think the only thing that worried me about it was, I feel like he said someone could potentially steal your cat. What <laughs> hell no. I, Come on. I think you would, I think you would want to murder the entire seven seas if that were to happen. I don't okay. think I would, I don't think I would Bitch, get a don't pet steal my cat. I can't have that kind of responsibility. I need to be able to like go dig up treasure chests without fear of someone murdering or stealing my cat. That's stressful. why I think when they say there's never any form of gambling, I'm like, the whole game is a gamble. Am I going to be okay? <laughs> no. Yes. Who knows? That, oh man, if someone could steal my cat, 
That'd be real sad. Because it's like, not only, like Andrea said, you have to worry about people stealing, stealing the treasure that you spent like 45 minutes getting. Now they might steal your freaking feline. That's not okay. I feel like they, I feel like they should, they shouldn't and wouldn't do that. Especially if you, if I paid five real world dollars for this virtual cat. Oh, sure, sure. That better be glued to my ship for all eternity. I paid you money for it. Oh, yeah. No one's going to steal my $5 yeah. cat. That's my $5 cat. No, there's Maybe, no, Mr. there's no $5 stealing $5. like in-game items that you have to pay for. If that, if they make that a thing, I will, I will get very angry. Maybe you can leave the cat. I want to see if I can find these tweets. Hold on, you? Well, you, can you guys talk amongst yourselves for a minute while I find Joe's tweets? <laughs> talk amongst and- yourself for a minute. She says, <laughs> um, "Yes, see if these got a couple of different pieces of news this week." In addition to uh, not doing loot boxes, they also talked about their PC requirements. They talked about their approach to servers. They confirmed that you will only be able to have a maximum crew size of four at this time they did Ah. say that they have been um receiving a lot of feedback of people being like hey can i have a bigger crew because the big ship can hold you know quite a few people it would be fun to be able to add in extra people if you would like but it sounds like four um is the max right now um so a lot of interesting things happening that game of course coming out in just over a month on xbox game pass dang Okay, I, I lied. So strike all the angriness that we had. So this is the first example that will be, will be pets. I can have a monkey in my hat on, a monkey in a hat, sorry, <laughs> like in your- on my shoulder. <laughs> I can have a cat, but other people will be able to interact with my pet too. Not steal it, just interact with it. That's, that's the part I think my brain pushed okay. over. Okay, so it's kind if of, if I like have a monkey, you'll be able to pick it up, run off with it, throw it overboard, but it'll come back. So like, <laughs> Even if somebody like grabs your cat and runs, eventually it will respawn. Because on your ship. throw your cat overboard. This is giving me flashbacks of Anchorman when Baxter is kicked off the bridge. <gasps> I forgot all it's about so- that, you monster. Why'd you remind me? He says, I desperately want to be able to fire pets out of cannons. Again, they'll be fine. Cats always land on their feet. Oh my gosh. Not in the water. Not in the water. You them out into the ocean. Some cats can swim. Maybe they're Turkish vans. Yes, that's a breed of cat that likes swimming. And yes, I know that. (laughs) No one doubted you for a minute's time. Okay. (laughs) I like the idea of pets. I don't like the idea that my crewmates can get drunk, throw up on them, and then put them in a cannon and shoot them out to sea. You being the captain of your own ship, we would all respect you and your pet. Nobody would mess with your cat. No, but if you get like me, I would. Maybe other people wouldn't. (laughs) Respect me. I would. I respect the shit out of you when we're playing that game. You're like starboard side. I'm like, what? (laughs) Hold on. Thanks, diver. Yes, this side. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I like. I like being in leadership positions. If it wasn't obvious, (laughs) really. I would say that I like beating control, but that sounds bad, but it's true. Yeah, baby. I'm going to make it dirty. I don't know why. Because it's just me. Yeah. That's just you, Stammer. Um, well, thank you for that update. Um, good to know. Um, but I hope they do have lots of fun, customizable cosmetic items for sale, which yeah, is certainly they mentioned that like as well. will so. happen. Um, all right. So we're going to wrap up the first segment. That's it for news for this week. When we come back. We're going to hear about what Steimer played on her vacation. Plus, I jumped back into a game I haven't played in a long time. And Brit is playing an adorable indie. Stick with us, everybody. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> the face that Steimer and Britt make in between the segments as we're transitioning. It's so good. Um, hopefully, you guys stayed for the zinger on last week's video. If you watch it at youtube.com slash I used my very terrible editing skills to try to zoom in on Britney's, like, crazy goodbye wave. Oh, I missed it. No. You, you should go back and watch. You should go back and watch it. It's, it's pretty awesome. I'm going to go find it. I know my later. camera's out of focus, great. you guys. I'm waving my hand in front of it because I'm trying to get it to come back and focus. But <laughs> it might just be out of focus. Sorry. It's called the soft look. The soft focus look. It's like Vaseline on the lens. It makes everything yeah, look Yeah, it's like a Snapchat filter. <laughs> I just need to have some kind of animal nose and ears and I'm good to go. And like a little bit of blush. <laughs> some like, some like anime eyes. Let's go. <laughs> Nerds. I'm adorable. Anime eyes, like you, you know those photo booths that will that will make your eyes yeah, more the anime style. Yeah, the pika pika ones or whatever. Right? I look psychotic <laughs> because I already have large eyes, so any it like makes them eat. It makes it's like I'm a Disney character, but in real life, which is terrifying because you're just your eyes are like your entire head. It's not attractive. I kind of want to do one of these with you now, Stammer. Oh, we can get yeah. well. One day we're all gonna go to Japan. There's one. There's they- one here in San Francisco in Japantown. Perfect. Ooh. Well, that's a little closer. Yeah. Done. Exactly. <laughs> it's a little closer than Tokyo. It's true. But I do just want to go to Tokyo. Yeah. So. Um, true story, we'll do both. ladies we'll and do gentlemen. Both. When we originally were getting ready to launch the Patreon for What's Good Games, Steimer was adamant about putting in a stretch goal of sending us all to Japan. She was like, can we... I wanted to go. <laughs> She's like, can we please put a, put a goal in to go to Japan? And I was like, well, I don't know if it should be like a one-time goal <laughs> to go. I said, we could try to figure out a way to get us there eventually. <laughs> but I was like, please! Well, I forgot all packs. about that. <laughs> and then work our way up. It did not happen. No. But that's okay. We'll figure it we out. Got, she got vetoed. <laughs> I did. I did. It's okay. Um, Mom said I couldn't have a dog. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> now you're making me feel bad. <laughs> no, no, don't feel bad. You were oh. you were 100% correct. I was being selfish. It's fine. <laughs> Are you okay, Britt? My, my cheeks hurt from smiling so much because I love you ladies so much. That's great. We love That's you too. Um, and speaking of Patreon. That's great news. <laughs> did you really just? That's great. <laughs> Do you Did love you us so that? much? Is that not great news? Oh, you just totally like boilerplate me. I love you. That was I didn't a, say thank you. That was a boilerplate response. That was, I gotta end this right now. Let's move on. It's <laughs> not That's how wonderful. I meant it at all, I swear. <laughs> it's his Valentine's Day week and she's like, I love you. And you're like, thanks. Moving on. <laughs> No, I think that was, I think that was that there was a a delay in the signal and I thought you were saying something extra and then you did it and then there was this awkward pause and my hosting like reflexes kicked in and I was like, okay, to the next segment. That's fine. I don't know. It was amazing and I'm crying. Let's have a moment. (laughs) Britt, I love you. I think Uh you're wonderful. And I think the photo that Jason took of you eating that chocolate molten lava cake being the best thing ever is so indicative of how great and joyous your energy is that I just want to oh, take girl. this moment to tell you that you're thank wonderful. Thank you. You're sweet. You're just, okay. you just totally one-upped me. But yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay. We're done having a moment. No more crying, Steimer. <laughs> it's laugh crying. That's good. It's okay. It's, good it's a good kind of crying. Um, 
on to our thank yous that we owe to some other people in our lives. Our turbo patrons, our IRL mail patrons, our care package patrons, and our sponsor patrons. You guys are essential to what we do here at What's Good Games, just like all of our patrons are. And this is your chance to get your special shout out from us here on the show. So we're going to read these names. And once again, please forgive me if I mispronounce your name. You are always welcome to write to me at contact at whatsgoodgames.com with a phonetic pronunciation. <laughs> if I really butcher it that bad and I will do my best to correct it next month. I look forward to this every month. Honestly, this is so good. <laughs> all right, here we go. Starting with Mr. David Icolucci, Alex Rogopoulos, Tim Ross, Thomas Bach, Lincoln Davis, Martha J. Emery, Stephen Insler, Marcel Villegas, Kia Bright, Steph Wu, Daniel Raymond George Ralph, Dustin My Lewis. Name. It's such a great name. Sometimes I accidentally put it on two lines and I'm like, no, no, no. That's, that's one, that's one name. <laughs> that's, that's one person. <laughs> Paul Falcon, Tara Bruno, Kyle Heyman, Amar Dillon, C.N. Stevenson, Aaron J. Saxon, Benjamin Pardue, Adrian Williams, R.J. Bryan, Trevor Starkey, Joe Schleith, Elmo Shell, Jared Howard, Bass Peterson, Carl Peterson, Kathy Lucas, Molly Bittner, Joselle Bassa, Mohammed Mohammed, Nam H. Bowie, Jeff Hutchinson, Matt Howell, Tyler McCall, E. Irizari, Robert Guerrero, Maddie Stanley, John Drake, Joe Kennison, Bill Stilwell, Jason Erickson, Sam Baptiste, No Clip, Danny O'Dwyer, Adam Rapone, not the ice skater, the video game designer. <laughs> Did you guys see the story about him this week? Por que no los no. dos? It's been pretty great. I'll talk, I'll tell afterwards. Kevin Dunkel, Billy Shibley, Stephanie Fitzwilliams, Brian Slack, Sam Jason, T. Barnes, Harrison Pink, Jesse Giovale, Tommy Larson, Ross Haney, Jessica Salisbury, Nicole Humphrey, Mike Lynch, Brooke Lurie, Asia Harris, Anthony Murphy, Kyle Somerville, Christopher Leone, Ethan Anderson, Sydney Carr, Gio Corsi, Marcus Brown, Key Lock, Materia Addict, Shane Ria- Riamu? Riam, 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 oh Shane, I'm so sorry. I totally, like, you should tell me how to say this name. I don't know how to say this yeah, at all. It's complicated. Ozzy Mejia, Christian Rodriguez, Nathan Drake, Troy Spradlin, Louis Creech, Donato Sinichio III, Tony Hahn, Genevieve Schultz, and my mama, Teresa Enert. Uh, thank you all to supporting us on Patreon. If you think that what we do here at What's Good Games improves your life and you ever have the opportunity to, to pitch in, we would greatly appreciate your support at patreon.com slash what's good games. So quickly about Adam Rapone. So he is um, a video game designer that I've known for a couple of years now. He lives here in the Bay Area. So the, the Olympics are going on right now, obviously in uh, South Korea. I have been spending my nights watching ice dancing. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, but there's a figure skater named Adam Rapone and he's considered a kind of a volatile personality. A lot of people really love him for being one of the first openly gay or, or I think he is touted as the first openly gay Olympian, Olympian on the United States team. Um, and so he is, you know, like a, a beacon and a role model to a lot of, um, LGBT people out there. And because of that, it also means that he gets some pretty nasty hate as well, which is unfortunate because he has some not so pleasant things to say about vice president, um, Mike Pence, who is, um, the person who is representing the United States as part of the Olympic committee, I believe, I don't know exactly what his role is, but regardless, Adam Rapone, the figure skater, has said some not nice things. 
unsurprisingly, <laughs> Adam Rapone, the video game designer, is getting Adam Rapone, the figure skater's hate mail sent to him. Oh, oh no. And he's like, he's, and he's just rolling with it and making a big joke of it. Uh, because he's like, lols, I'm totally not a figure skater. Maybe <laughs> you should like get, if you're going to send like nasty hate mail or nasty tweets to somebody, maybe you should be sending them to the right person. Um, and so oh, just a thought. Yeah. So Kotaku featured it this week and then CBS Sports picked it up. It's been it's been very interesting watching the whole thing. Oh, that's thing hilarious. <laughs> so, um but um Adam Rapone, the figure skater, already t- has one bronze medal. Is probably on his way to some more. So, he's having a good he's having a good week. He ain't he ain't letting the haters get him down. Hell no. Adam Rapone, video game designer, also just uh rolling with the punches and trolling right back. Just living his life. <laughs> It's great. Um, so thank you again to everybody. But now it's time to talk about what we've been playing. Um, and I, I have to be honest and say that I, it took a lot of self-control for me to pull myself away from Monster Hunter <laughs> and, and to play um, some other things. But before we get to what I have been playing, um, Steimer, I would love to hear mm-hmm. about your scuba experience since we talked about your patty certification so extensively on the show. Um, we how, sure did. How did it go? <laughs> it went well so um the first so i had to do five dives in three days so there's the two training on each day it was saturday and sunday and then monday we went for the fun dive um because the training dives honestly kind of suck um because you're sitting like you have to perform all these tasks underwater and none of them are fun none of them are the things you want to do underwater it's like Take your regulator out and then put it back in. Take your mask off. Put it back on. Take all of your shit off underwater. Put it back on. Like, uh, just like all of these things um, that you just have to do so that if it were to happen, you hopefully would not panic and die. Um, you'd be like, oh, I've done this once under the ocean. Uh, it was a bit colder than we thought it would be. It was like 66, 68. Ooh. So we had to wear like a... So I have some videos on Instagram. Uh, or one video rather, where I'm like doing the backflip I tip it, off yeah. the boat into the water. Uh, that's me, in case you can't tell, cause I am in a full wetsuit and a hood, cause it was cold. I wasn't sure if that was you. I saw that. That was cool. Somebody said, yeah, someone was like, is that you? I'm like, would I put someone else on my Instagram? I don't know. That'd be kind of uh, weird. Maybe. It could have been your dad. But, uh, uh, yeah, it could have been, I guess. But no, twas me. Twas I. Uh, and, the sea lion dive was a lot of fun. It was pretty shallow, so like I didn't have to. I have a little bit of anxiety going super deep down. Like I had to go sixty feet to get my certification. I did not like being down there, um, mostly because again the water was cold. There was a current we were fighting, which kind of sucked. And so I made the instructor like hold my hand. Oh, <laughs> hey, nothing wrong was, with that. I was like, I have anxiety. Hold my hand, make me feel better down here. And he kept showing me my the. Uh, dive computer was to like 55, 50, like going down to 60. And I was like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to know. I don't just, <laughs> don't let me. Did you ever watch it. the movie The Abyss? No, that sounds like a terrible yeah. idea to do right before you go swimming or scuba diving. No, it's actually a really great old school sci-fi movie. It's one of my favorites. Um, but like what's great. It's essentially like the, it's this team of deep sea divers, um, that have like robots and stuff, like the little shuttle machines that deep sea dive. And then, 
um, they find aliens down like at the bottom of this trench. It's actually a really good movie. You should Ooh, watch. I it. don't want to find aliens down there, but they're nice. <laughs> but they're nice aliens. They're not. I barely. Like, I don't. Okay, they're nice aliens. Okay, yeah. that, that might be okay. Yeah. It's really I'm scared it's really of like good. the lobsters that are down there. So. <laughs> <laughs> like they were. They asked if I wanted gloves. I wish I could have had some. Um, but my hands are really tiny, so like any gloves wouldn't be conducive to the stuff we were doing on those training dives, like taking your mask on, doing it. Like I needed my hands yeah. to be functional. Uh, otherwise I would have put them on and then I think I would have felt a lot more comfortable because I was so paranoid about touching something that I shouldn't be touching. Like, like a lobster. Like, oh shit. Like a lobster pinched me or like I touched a rockfish or like some stupid shit where you're like, you won't die, but it's going to be painful. Um, so sorry. <laughs> I'm not laughing at your struggle, Simer. No, it's it's fine. I like I, it was definitely a strange experience for me because I had I did have anxiety about it. I'm not gonna lie, and it was one of the more terrifying slash relaxing things I've ever done because the breathing that you do when you scuba is very meditative. Mm-hmm. You you're supposed to like long, slow, deep breaths, so that calms you down. So like yoga, but your head. Yeah, it's kind of like yoga in that sense. Or if you've done yoga, it helps a lot because you can control your breathing that way. And you won't use up all your air like one of the guys did on our last training dive. Oh, no. Real weird. Um, I guess he was just huffing and puffing. Granted, we were fighting a current, so I kind of get it. Like, it was... Yikes. You're like swimming. You're like... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I want to go up now, please. This is not fun. Um I forgot. I lost my train of thought. You were Sorry. talking about touching up. weird, creepy crawlies when you're down below. Oh, no. I was, I was talking about how, like, it was both yeah terrifying and relaxing. Yes. Um, that too. And, but then once you just do, like, the fun dives, like, the sea lions were great because they're so cute down there. They're, like, really playful. Um, they didn't, I, and I also think, I mean, sea lions are really smart. So they kind of knew that I was a little nervous and that the other woman in the group was a little nervous, like just nervous in the sense that I didn't really want a sea lion, like biting my stuff, uh, because they would and they did. They did to the guy who like, so one got like this close to me, right? Uh-huh. They, She's holding they, her they hand like right in front of her face for people listening. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right. This is a podcast. Not everybody is watching us. So real close, but it was because I was near the dive instructor and the, and it was kind of messing around with like his stuff and uh it would like bite people's snorkels and bite like fins and it pulled on my dad's mask and tightened it and <laughs> uh and the cutest one was like a sea lion just kind of swum up from the surface and then tucked its head underwater it's so, like this is the again this is a podcast but sorry imagine the surface of the water imagine a sea lion ducking its head down below looking at you and then scratching its chin oh that's cute it was so cute I was like, what, what, are you, what are you doing over there, sea lion? Uh, and then there was a guy who was with us who wasn't part of our group. I mean, he was part of our group, but he was the only one we didn't know. He was from Spain. His name was Benito. And I was convinced he was Aquaman <laughs> because he he didn't know he could dive with the sea lions. He didn't even know about the sea lion trips. He was there because after that, we went and we snorkeled with whale sharks. So he was just there for that part of the ride. But we got out. And so he's just snorkeling with the sea lions. I'm diving below. I look up and I see a sea lion pup is in his arms. It crawled up onto him and snuggled him. Oh, that's adorable. It was adorable. (laughs) And then it followed him back to the boat and cried when he got on it. It like so badly wanted to go home with this guy. 
I know the shark like, is going to going? eat me. Take me with Come you. Back. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we went to the whale sharks, which was just snorkeling, you're not allowed to dive there. Also, it's only like 10 feet deep. So <laughs> why would you do that? But you have to haul ass <laughs> with these whale sharks. <laughs> Because even though they aren't super, like, they're not moving particularly fast, they're really big. So it's sort of like walking a chihuahua, but you're the chihuahua. So you have to keep up <laughs> okay, with a human. And you're just like, I don't know if I've ever been more tired in my life. I was like, tor- what I call torpedoing, your arms are to your side and you're just kicking like the dickens. And did you trying to keep up alongside this whale shark. <laughs> It was tiring, but I'm like, (laughs) through my stupid snorkel. Like, this is the opposite of diving breathing, everybody. (laughs) Do not do that when you're diving. You will use up all your air real fast. So do you think you'll want to dive again? If the water is warmer and there's better visibility, yes. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that was kind of freaking me out was it felt a little restricted. Visibility was about like 20 to 30 feet max. Mm. So it felt slightly claustrophobic down there. Uh, And then... He tried to take me into a cave once. I was not having it. It's like, no, no. I don't go in caves. I know what happens in caves. Nothing good happens in a cave. Caves are dangerous, particularly underwater caves. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what shit's living in there. I don't want to go. Like, hello. Hello, hi. I've I've intruded your home and now you're mad and <laughs> might want to bite me. You might not kill me, but you still might want to bite me. And I'm not about being bitten right now. No. Well, I'm proud of you. You didn't hold your breath and you survived. I did survive. <laughs> I did. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Sorry, I've talked a lot about Mexico. No, it's fun. I miss diving. I haven't been in several years, and I, I want to go again. Did you get to a point where you were able to control like how you floated, like depending on how deep of a breath you took? But so I did. So I remembered you saying that. And I, when I was down lower, like towards 60 feet, yeah, I did notice that for sure. Yeah. Like, Ooh, inhale. You're a balloon. Exhale. Yeah. Not a balloon. But when you're like 20 feet, you're, it's not really, you're not going to notice it that much. It was really not that deep, but yeah. it was. So many things to look at down there. Oh, the other thing I did was when we were doing the sea lions, I just sang under the sea in my head the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> did you see no, me? I, did. I just, went, I just put it on repeat in my head. I had to do that when we were fighting the surge because so he grabbed my hand because I was like, I don't want to go there because I thought he was taking me to another cave. He was not. It was like a passageway through something. But the surge was so bad. It was like a video game. You, It was like, shoom, wait, go, Ooh. wait, go. And so I felt and I immediately thought of this is a video game and I have to time this properly. <laughs> Video games taught you what to do in that moment. They prepared you they for really that. They really did. I was like, okay, relax. You got this. This is a video game. You're okay. Video games help with anxiety. When, uh, that won't do real, but this is a water and video game story. I did a, uh, it's called an epic float. This was, gosh, probably like Jason and I were just dating. So probably like six years ago. And it was this huge float down, I think it's the Wenatchee River in eastern Washington, and uh, everyone drinks far too much. It's a very stupid thing to do. And then about 100 to 200 people all just, like, float down this river. Well, at one point of the river, there's a dam, and you're supposed to get off before the dam for obvious reasons. Well, we missed right. miss the sign, 
And we thought, we didn't know the dam. We didn't know where the dam was. We were super duper drunk again. This was really stupid of us. And all we knew is like somewhere up ahead, there was a dam. So we flip off our tubes. Like everything just goes floating down the river. We lost everything. Like our shoes, our towels, our tubes, our cooler, everything. Because we didn't know where this dam was. And we stood there in the middle of the river. It's like ankle deep, but I felt like it was like four feet deep going really fast. And I said to myself, because I had to cross the river to get off, because again, we didn't know where the river was. You had to ford the we river? Had to the river. And I was like, what would Dovahkiin do? Like, literally, like, that's how I was <laughs> pumping myself up. <laughs> I gave it a few foos rodas, and then I fucking floated that river. <laughs> I made that river my bitch that day. And then I got really banked up. And then I found out, like, the dam was for another, like, 15 minutes. So we were super fine. But Oh, so you lost all funny. your stuff for nothing? Yeah. Again, alcohol and river. They don't mix, man. Oh no. no. See they do if you if you're from North Dakota or Minnesota like me because we also have rivers where people bring inner tubes full of adult beverages but there's sandbars very periodically so the otter tail is my personal favorite if you are a minnesota native um and we used to tube down the river and then we would have a cooler would have its own tube and then you can either tie your tubes together to make sure everyone kind of stays in a group or you can just kind of float at will and then you stop at sandbars and get off but there's no like dams there's no rapids there's no danger. The only See. thing, though, is if you go at certain times of year, you have to be careful for leeches. Oh, hell no. <laughs> you know what? A leech nope. of all the things. I would take a leech over a jellyfish. Mm. Leeches aren't bad. They, they come off relatively Leeches aren't easy. bad. They just suck your blood. I think it's the, like, the, I, is, the idea of having to tear it off of your skin. I imagine there's like, I'd be okay like a million that. little like like pincers in you and like slowly rip no, them it's, off you know what it's not, it's it used to be bad, a medieval no. form of medicine yeah. i would take the leech yeah and honestly the easiest way to get them off is just to whip out a lighter put the lighter oh, on it and they and make it hot yeah. they, they come right off you don't have to pull them out at all <laughs> I, i'm I, like <laughs> leeches better than ticks better than T- eels ticks also a big thing most of the things huh? in the water i've had plenty of ticks on my person and <laughs> over my lifetime <laughs> I found one when I was in school once. I'd come back from the from a weekend in the woods because my aunt and uncle live on a sixty acre farm in Minnesota, um, and so we would like play in the woods. And I remember being in class and like having my hand like in my hair and feeling it <gasps> and being like, "Oh no!" And then I went to the I went to the bathroom and I like pulled it, pulled it out of my hair and it was like all thick and. But fat. I thought you weren't supposed to pull it out like that because the head gets stuck in. Depends what kind of tick it is, but also like I was in school and I felt a tick on my head. I wasn't gonna leave that bitch there. I was pulling that shit out. <laughs> fair. How fair big enough. was it? Um, it was probably like dime size. No, maybe a, <gasps> that's a big tick. Maybe a little less than that. Maybe more like pea size. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Brett, are you? Brittany's like, where'd my alcohol go? <laughs> oh my god, I am glitched. If I clench anymore, I'm gonna like fall into myself. Holy shit. Sometimes the dog would come home and you wouldn't find them till they were like quarter size, and then you gotta be real careful because those suckers pop easy when they're that big. Ooh. <laughs> they're like a blood balloon. Exactly. You're a backcountry girl there, Andrea Renee. <sighs> so miracle you don't have Lyme disease. Oh, jeez. Um, I don't think that that, t- I mean, that was an issue. But, I mean, it's pretty rare. That type of tick, specifically, wasn't mm-hmm. as common um, in the woods that I was in. But, um, gotcha. Uh, speaking of... Is Lyme disease woods. only a particular kind of tick? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure Lyme disease only comes from certain types of ticks. 
but oh okay i could i don't know that much i could be it. wrong in washington state not a lot of ticks or at least where i played there weren't a lot of ticks yeah i never had one. mostly may and june were the bad months for ticks and the thing that i didn't realize when i was a kid and i didn't learn until i was a little bit older is that they don't drop out of trees i used to think that they dropped out of trees no they're in the grass and then they grab on yeah. to you and then work their way up to like the warm crevices of your body like, oh. oh, right here. Yes, please. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm emotionally damaged right now. <laughs> okay. How about we talk about some video games, you guys? This is the video yeah. game podcast. What's good games? A video game podcast is the title of this show. Uh, Brittany, since I still have you on the big screen, <laughs> what have you been playing this week? I tried to transition a little earlier, but it didn't go as well. Speaking of the woods. <laughs> Oh, oh, I heard oh, that, yeah. but then I ignored there it. There you go. It's okay, ladies. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> it's fine. I love you it's very fine. much. <laughs> um, I started and finished A Night in the Woods. Um, the only thing I knew about this game going into it was that Steimer did not like it. I didn't... Uh, no, no, no. It's not that I didn't like oh. it. It's that I didn't like the ending. Oh, so you finished it too. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, I don't really know how to explain this game without... Well, basically... Okay. You assume the role... I played it on the Switch, which just came out. You assume the role of a all these, these there's no people in this game. They're all animals. So anthropomorphic anthropomorphic animals. Yeah, I can't say that word. I even like split <laughs> the word up into three sections on my word document right here to try to like pronounce it properly, and I still messed it up. So thank you, Steimer. And you assume the role of May, a feline who has dropped out of college and returned home. And you kind of experience this story she has upon coming home. First time in two years, you know, she has all these relationships with friends, um, with her parents. And for me, I think the game got really good once I stopped, like, wondering when the game was going to get good. And what I mean by that is, like, I expected, like, okay, when's this story going to ramp up? When's this big plot twist going to happen? When's this, that, and the other? And then I learned, I finally understood that this is just, uh, it's a story with slight plot slight platforming in it and uh you experience may's story and you can build relationships with people in a very very light level you get to choose who you spend your time with with what friends all these characters have their own issues and they're very relatable issues and overall i would say like the i think the writing is phenomenal i think these characters are very well written it's not a very happy game would you say steimer no i and i the thing I think that the game shines in the exact moments that you're talking about where it is like this is just kind of a quiet game and it's about when it focuses on the relationships with people and sort of the the struggles of wondering kind of what you're doing in life or what's going on like I I liked that part a lot mm-hmm. what I didn't like was when they tried to throw in the other yeah storyline that I'm I'll just say it's cult related and like it's just that to me, I, I hated it because I just felt like it was so unnecessary and out of place. Like, I think the game would have been stronger if it had just been more of a statement about, uh, like her personal struggle. One hundred percent. And I still am not quite sure what that whole cult story was all about. And right, like, it was really confusing. Yeah, and uh, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I guess my personal opinion. I think it hurt the overall experience that I had with the game. I know some people are really into it because it does speak on some real world issues that we're currently facing. Uh, Could you guys not be super vague about that? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. We're, I was trying to be super vague. Can you not? Can you, but we could, we could do a spoiler warning right now and then 
So yeah, yeah, I think a spoiler warning is fair. That game's been out for quite some time, right? It's been out for at least... A, I played it last year. Yeah. It released on PlayStation 4 early last year, Xbox One late last year. But I think talking about the issues that the characters face isn't necessarily a spoiler, is it? I mean... It- it's just a plot-driven game. It's a plot There's driven. no other reason to play it. Okay, yeah, so how yeah. about let's do a spoiler warning. If, if for some reason you want to play Night in the Woods completely clear of any indication of what's going to happen, you might want to skip ahead like five minutes. All right. Yes. You've been warned. Okay. Yes. Because I, d- I definitely want to know what you're talking about. So Britt, you're, you're, you're just- Fresher off, like <laughs> yeah, because all I remember is little hazy. Right, so. so I still don't totally understand it. But the the you you play as May, and she is she has I don't know if she ever talks about what her mental um, health issues are. Like I think it's some sort of depression. I don't think it does. I think it keeps it vague. Right, and so that's you know kind of and this is what Steimer and I were saying was like okay if this is a story about a girl going through some issues like that's. That's a great strong point. Um, but then it kind of turns into the fact that she's being summoned. She's hearing the, the calls of a god. And in order to satiate, to, to satisfy this god, um, members of the town who disguise themselves, it's, it's like their own little cult. They sacrifice, aka feed this god, um, homeless people, uh, teenagers that don't have any sense of direction. People aren't doing anything with their lives so they can better their community they want they, they treat their community members fair and they appreciate but anyone trying to come in from the outside is judged harshly and then could be sacrificed to this god because they believe they're doing the right thing does that make any sense <laughs> yes it's just it was really it's, strange it's disturbing right but i i mean i get i get that it's not like too far-fetched for a culty thing it is because like you, you go into is it the graveyard i don't remember like the junk pile i don't know there's a the place off where you go and you discover that it is a cult mm-hmm. and then you go like go down into the mines and then there's do you like meet you meet the god right you meet the god again, it's been in a, a year. dream oh okay a dream sense like the whole thing was just that to me i was like all this right is taking a turn I that i did not expect this game that. to take yeah it's it's the, the so the writing and the humor and the banter between the characters it's dry and it's vi- it's dry humor and it's really well done and I feel like all these characters are super relatable from the personalities to the personal issues they're facing and that's absolutely where the game shines and if it was just a game about you know this girl coming home from college and facing her demons that's fantastic but uh yeah it takes this really dark twisted turn and I feel like the ending is pretty rushed and it's like you finally learn what's happening that you have a bunch of people from this community who, um, you know, are trying to keep it within the community, any outsider, anyone they deem not worthy, they kill. Then it kind of, like, ends very quickly after that. And it's like, huh? And, yeah, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I would say is, like, you know, play the game for the characters. Play it for, the like I said, the banter, the story. It's, you know, it, that's all it really is. It's just a story. Yes, Dimer. Oh, I was going to say, Andrea, the part you would like the most is that there are sections that are rock band. Or sort of it. There are. Okay. You like, cause you, you are part of a band and so like it'll have, you have to do the musical thing. Yeah. Musical game thing. So you, which I sucked at real bad. I was good at the first I was few. the worst. I was, I was good at the first few and the last one destroyed me. Um, you do play, like I said, as May and then you have your friend Gregory, your friend B, and then you have like your parents and who you interact with can depend, can affect the ending you get. The, um, it, they're not that much different. The ending you get is 
like I said, depending on who you talk to the most, but even then you just get a few lines of dialogue that I think are a little different. So there is some replayability in that. And I would be interested to go back and play it knowing like what I know now. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's, it's different. It's unlike anything I've played before. I wasn't quite sure what to expect from it. I'm very happy I did play it though. It was just the ending was a little, a little weird, a little wonky. And something I also appreciated about this game, what they do is you'll meet characters and then one day they kind of like up and go and they're gone and you never found out what happened to them. You don't know what their fate was. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of like the statement of this game. It's just life. That's just the way it is. And that was cool too. I think that was my issue is like, it was trying to be like, this is life and it nailed that on a lot of parts. And then, I mean, I guess there are probably cults in small towns killing people, but the majority i would wager so like that's the part where i was like okay i think that that to me just felt video game right do you think though, that they had I... to have some kind of element like that in to make it feel like a game because i mean with this art style and the type of characters that they've created i mean you can't really make it a realistic like walking sim right no you play platform around and you can like the platforming element is interesting to me or was because there are certain people you can interact with, but you only if you can like platform your way to them. And I think there was some sort of puzzle element in that, like a very, very light, super light. But like you could only go talk to this person if you'd gotten. Do you remember this, Britt? Like, I thought it was just depending the, on what day it was, you know, because maybe it was. I don't remember so game, how. Cause yeah, the game takes while. place over the course of like several days. Like you wake up. You speak with characters and every, and the next day when you go back and speak with them, you know, they'll have something new to say based off of what you guys have been talking about. So you wake up, you talk to characters or you don't talk to them, depending on whatever you want to do. You initiate something and then you go to bed and then you wake up again and then you kind of do the same thing. Um, and it's interesting because even though they are like the super cartoony animals, like I, forgot that they were animals in a sense like they're riding this super relatable like i said and i understand why they had to choose these cartoony animals because if you chose real people that would probably open up a real big can of worms it'd be real heavy it'd be real heavy um but it definitely gets this message across i would recommend it yeah they plus they threw in the rock band gameplay elements andrea it's a game <laughs> Well, but I have to admit that I've got a lot of other stuff that I'm supposed to be playing first. <laughs> no, that's fair. It's, uh, it's short, too, though. It's only it's not a very long game, which is I think, oh, like, right? eight, like eight to ten hours. Eight hours. Yeah. yeah eight to ten. OK. That's not uh, bad. Shit. I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say. It's OK. I'm here to help you, Steimer. <gasps> um, so thank you, Britt, for that. Um, that recap. I I don't. I don't think what you said was too spoilery, but then again, I didn't play the game, so I couldn't, I couldn't be the best judge, but it sounds, it sounds different than what I originally anticipated. I, I anticipated more of like a small, like cutesy adventure platformer. Same. <laughs> type game. I didn't expect yeah. it to get dark like that, but then again, I didn't expect I Life mean, is I, Strange to get dark like it did either. Eh, I kind of expect that. Or you mean the first yeah. one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was like that was episode like, four oh, happens and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. this jumped the shark yeah. or took a really interesting turn or both. Maybe both. Um, Maybe both. I kind of, I guess, likened it. What I was going, what I'd forgotten about was sort of like Edith Finch in the sense that like, it's just more of an interesting statement than it needs to be a game. Okay. Right. I mean, that's probably why I was nominated for games for impact. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so. I want to talk a little bit 
about a game that I spent quite a bit of time with when it first came out called Rainbow Six Siege. Oh, so yeah. So this game has had a little bit of a renaissance lately. Um, and it's been becoming, I think, more successful as time goes on and as they add more content. So Ubisoft has announced year three. Uh, we got some new details this week um, about some of the new operators that are coming in Operation Chimera. Um, and it's operators, that means the player, like player yeah, like the character characters, types? like the heroes, you know, the um, cool. people essentially that uh, the agents that you play as that are all part of um, the Rainbow Six team. I clearly have not played Rainbow Six. <laughs> I I highly recommend it if you're into first person shooters, tactical squad based shooters, because it is the gameplay is excellent, which I've been reminded of. So I had um a, a couple friends of mine had reached out to me. Um, one of my friends, Scooter Magruder. If you guys haven't checked out his gaming channel or his sports channel he does a bunch of stuff with whistle sports his facebook.com slash scooter magruder is excellent he's got a lot of really funny sports videos but he also has a gaming channel so he and i play online um we used to play a bunch of paragon together um and we also used to play a bunch of rainbow six together and so he had pinged me recently because some of my other clan mates have gotten back into it and i hadn't had it installed because i deleted it like a while ago to make some space before i got my external hard drive so I'm not gonna have that problem anymore but <laughs> So I reinstalled it and I emailed um, Ubisoft and was like, hey, could you help me out? I feel like I'm really behind. Um, could you maybe provide me some codes to check out some of this new content? And they graciously gave me some some in-game currency to check some stuff out. So I want to make sure to, to give a shout out and let people know that Ubisoft did provide me with specific codes to help me unlock some stuff for season two and to try out some of the customization. And wow, was I blown away by how much customization they've added since the beginning of that game. And I know it's been obviously like quite some time since the game originally launched, but um, just the sheer amount of options that you have to customize all of your different guns. They have a variety of weapon skins, some really cool ones, some seasonal weapon skins, some universal ones, and then they have weapon charms so that when you're holding your gun in first person, you can see like a little charm hanging off of your gun, which is kind of cool. I have a dumb question. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's echoing in my ears. So that's what threw me off for a second. Uh, wouldn't you not in a tactical game like this, like you don't want people to see you, right? So like you wouldn't want, like I want a hot pink gun because that sounds cool, but wouldn't technically a hot pink gun in this game kind of put you at a disadvantage if someone spotted your hot pink gun from far away? You know, that's a good point. And part of me thinks, and now um, I feel like I need to look this up to be sure, because I'm I'm hypothesizing a little bit here. I, when I was playing against other people, I didn't ever notice anybody's weapon skin color. The only time that I saw it was in the loading screen where, um, where if you've won the, if you've won the round, it shows the team who won. You can see all the customizations that they have. Um, and then you can see the customizations on yourself. Um, oh, okay. That's interesting. So it's possible. And now I, I don't know if this is right. I have to look this up. So take this with a grain of salt. Maybe what they did is they put in some kind of a, filter where you can't see the enemy team's customizations to make everybody uniform, but you can see customizations on yourself. That was my thought. That, that would be really smart. That, that would be the right way to do it. And it makes it an even playing field and then further incentivize 
incentivizes people to customize to their heart's content, knowing that you always get to see what your customizations are and your teammates can see them, but the enemy team cannot. But I don't know yes. if that's true. I would have to, I would have to corroborate that, but I'm trying to Google okay. it, but I take, take, take a look at anything it. yet. So, um, so I jumped back in and I played some situations, which are essentially like, um, advanced tutorials that kind of teach you how to play the game and how to use the tactics and shows you some of the different maps and, um, has you taking on these different scenarios just to get my feet wet. Cause it had been a while since I had played. Um, but then it felt like riding a bike once I got back into mm. PVP. Um, so this like five V five squad based is just so, um, precision based in a, in specific ways that it's, it's really exciting getting to see some of the new maps and work with the new operators, really learning the new operators has been great. So the operators each have a specific set of weapons that they use. The, their primaries, you know, rotate between a couple of different like assault rifles, shotguns, um, handguns. And then um, you get like a special piece of equipment. It could be like a piece of C4. You could have a deployable shield. You could have uh, a breach charge that allows you to put like an explosive on the wall and then like essentially explode out a piece of the wall so you can breach the building. And then you have your one special ability. Each operator has a special ability. And my favorite from back in the day um, was Ash for the attackers and was Castle for defenders. And I still really like both of those. So there's um, attack and defend. So each set of... So when you're playing these matches, 5v5, you have to... you It rotates between which side if you're going to be defending or if you're going to be infiltrating. And so like in the in a defending, you're either defending a hostage, you're defending a bomb, and... That there's one more defending a seal, a seal bando, something else. I, 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 it's slipping my mind right now, but, um, and then of course, as infiltrators, your goal is to then infiltrate and either take everybody out, rescue the hostage. Um, it's, I, I have to say that playing, nobody went for the objective. The, the, every match that I played ended in somebody killing all the people <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> like one person killing all the people? No, not just one person, but oh, okay. the whole team. But like, I didn't win or lose a match last time, um, because the objective wasn't reached. There was one match at the very end before I stopped playing last night where we just could not find where the bomb was located. And so the timer did run out. It wasn't like we attempted to defuse the bomb. We didn't make it. We just never found the bomb because the map was so big. We just kept running around. We had a couple people like rush in. And if teams are very effective at taking out the security cameras, sometimes it's really difficult um, to, to really figure out like where you're going. So there's two ways to kind of get map visibility. As the attacking team, you have these little drones that you pilot. So you run around with your drone and try to find where the enemy players are. And then as the defending team, you have access to a bunch of security cameras that are scattered throughout the map. But as the attacking team, you can go in and you can shoot out the camera so that the defending team can't see where you're at. So there's like a lot of really cool tactics. And I, I feel like I'm explaining a lot, but um, I'm sh- I'm not sure if the- everybody's actually played this game. No, but this is interesting. It's sort of like the VR game we played, right? But like better. Yes. Yeah, so like when I played that <laughs> game, was that game we- I forgot what it was called. Um, God, Firewall, I think. Firewalk. 
Yeah. Firewalk. Firewalk. Firewall. <laughs> is it Firewalk? No, Firewalk is a band in Life is Strange. <laughs> I, have to, yeah. I have to double check um, what the name of that PSVR game is. But yeah, that's the first thing I thought of. But like Rainbow, like to me, I when I was playing that game in VR, I was like, why would I play this in VR when I could just play Rainbow Six Siege? No, totally. Firewall 100%. Zero Hour. Um, that sounds actually really interesting. I don't like playing online, as Alexa says. I just like playing with people. So is there AI that you can play against or do you have to play against IRL people? Uh, yes, there is AI. There are uh, situations that you can do. And then there's um, Terrorist Hunt. Which is, you can play solo, though I wouldn't recommend it unless you're really proficient because playing lone wolf on terrorist time becomes, this difficulty scales quite dramatically when you're alone. Cause the, at some of the later levels, like there's just so many and the terrorists are really aggressive AI. Um, like they will just like run at you. Like they're not like a lot of other game AI where they'll like kind of hang back and you could kind of take your time. Like oh. they're like stupid enough where you could walk up to the side of them you and like pop like, their head out. The yeah, neck. no, so, like, that's not the case here. So could like you, Cyber, and I, for example, play against a team of AI? Yes. Or- okay, we could. Yeah. So okay. Terrace Hunt, you can play, you can go in with a custom squad. You can also do private matches. Um, which is a, a nice feature. Like if we got a group of, you know, what's good games fans together to play, we could, you know, p- put together a 5v5 match where we're just playing against each other. Got uh, it. We can do that too. Um, it is interesting how, um, a game that is all about working together as a team. When I was playing last night, I had one opportunity to talk to another player. It was actually a female player, which I was really excited about. And when I heard her, she was like, hey, is anybody on mic? I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'll turn my mic on to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I turned it on. I was like, hey, I've got a mic. And so we were the two of us were like talking back and forth because it's really great to communicate with your other teammates about like where you spot you know, your objective, where you're spotting other players, if you're, you know, in a specific area of the map. I mean, like, it's a squad-based game. Like, it's really helpful to communicate. But a lot of times when you're playing, you know, solo queue PvP, most people don't want to talk. And I did run across a couple people who, like, had their music on with their mic on. And this one, the inevitable, like, eight-year-old. And I was like, what are you doing in this game? (laughs) (laughs) And then he, like, had some kind of weird dubstep on in the background. And then he started using really gross words, and I was like, this is exactly why multiplayer gets a bad rap. Kids like you. You'd be like, you are what's wrong with this world. Log yeah, off. I actually like got my mic out to like plug it in to be like, yo kid, mute your mic. But then like he like dropped out of the match because he died. And so instead of sticking around for the rest of the rest of the two rounds that we had left, he just ditched the match. And I was like, Rage quit. <sighs> Children. My cousin. Sounds about right. Um, decided to hop into Fortnite for the first time with his cousin who's like on his side of the family. His cousin's maybe like 11 or something. And he was like, there were so many young kids online talking smack to me and kicking my ass. I'm like, hello, welcome to online gaming, my friend. And from what I've heard, Fortnite has one of the better online communities. So uh, he was he was like totally blown away by the young kids on online multiplayer, and he had no clue that there were so many of them, and that they were such naughty children saying all the well, bad also, words. Yeah, like Fortnite has a pretty cartoony, you know. Uh, I think that has nothing style. to do with it. So I can see it, a parent though. being like, "Oh, sure, all right, go go be." Bobblehead McGee over there. I don't know though, because like every time I've run into really sassy, foul mouthed like 
prepubescent children an online multiplayer. It's been in Call of Duty. It's been in Battlefield. It's been in Rainbow Six. Like, it's in games that are rated M. Or at the very least rated T, but most of them have been rated M. And I'm like, parents, a lot of parents just do not care. Or a lot That's of parents have, are like, whatever, parents it's fine. Shit. You know? Yeah. Eh. There was like a four year old at a, I think it was the Halo 3 launch. And he was, he was three or four and he was playing on a kiosk there. I mean, it was really good. Wait, a four-year-old but, was really good at Halo? Are you sure? Yes. Four-year-olds can barely, I was, barely have dexterity to hold silverware. Have you the, seen this four-year-old? Are you sure he man? was four? Was he like This six? four-year-old was an advanced class. I don't know. <laughs> he was taking AP video games. <laughs> and I was shocked. And the mom was bragging about how she let her kid go online and multiplayer on these games and kill a bunch of people. And then be like, haha, I killed you. Cause like it's, uh, you know, that kid. sounds I was right. like, <laughs> all right, lady, you, you have your own life choices. I have mine. Welcome to America. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I looked up the skin thing. I, it doesn't say anything about the enemy team not being able to see your skin. So far, what people are saying is like, you don't really notice because you're busy trying to get a headshot. In the or zone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that is also true. Like, I mean, and most and most of the customizations for um for the costumes are still very like military themed um there's nothing that that's like super crazy there's a, a chicken suit yeah there's a there's a couple that have like um some face paint or some kind of crazy colored helmets and things but for the most part their full armor like still looks very like military um, it's not like you said, like a chicken suit or anything, anything nuts like that. But, um, um, I have been having fun going in and putting customizations on, and on all of my operators. I love and hats off to the development team, the diversity that they've brought to this cast of operators, because so many times when I play, um, FPS games as a female, there's so such limited, female characters to choose from and some of the female operators are just so badass that i i'm so happy that they've gotten such a great uh lineup of characters not to say that i only play with the female characters here because as i mentioned castle's one of my favorites Capcan, one of my favorites um so his uh glass is also one of my favorites so these guys all have different abilities so Capcan's ability is he booby traps uh doorways and windows and so you can place random booby traps. So like if someone tries to breach a window and is booby trapped, it'll like set off a bomb on them, which is pretty cool. And then Glass has a, like a sniper scope on his rifle. And then Castle has a stronger reinforcement. So when you're defending, you can reinforce the walls in the room that you're defending. And he can reinforce uh, doorways with an extra panel of armor. Um, some of the other new operators that I really like, um, Mira is a new female operator who can punch out a hole in a reinforced wall with a black mirror. So it's like a one-way mirror. So it allows you to see out. So you can kind of like keep tabs awesome. on 
on yeah that sounds pretty it cool. is it's really it's really good it took me a little bit to figure out like the best way to use it and like most of these operators you really kind of got a tailor which ones you're picking depending on which map you're at and so that just takes a little bit of time to get to know the maps and like and get to know the locations for the spawn points for for things to be like hmm well i probably shouldn't pick you know this operator because if we're going to be on the airplane you know it's not going to be that effective you know things like that but um, there's just like so many, such a diverse lineup of operators. And what I really do like about what they've done with Rainbow Six is that they've made a lot of items, with the exception of a few pieces of cosmetic items, attainable through in-game play. So you can earn renown just by playing. And um, so you can unlock operators just by playing. You don't have to buy everything, even though it's obviously much faster if you do. And But to get access, you know, you have to keep buying the seasons. I really like that they've made it approachable uh, from a microtransaction standpoint. It doesn't feel unfair. It doesn't feel like I'm getting cheated. I feel like... Uh, back when I, before Ubisoft helped me get some credits, so like back when I was playing regularly, I spent my own money on the game because I wanted to buy customizations. And even though this game isn't a free game, you know, you still have to buy it. It's a $60 <laughs> game. Um, I think that they've really implemented it in a really great way. And I didn't think that I was going to want to keep playing this, but now that I'm playing it again... Ooh. And now the Paragon is going away. Aww. Aww. <laughs> it might be my game. I would play this with you because I liked the VR game we played. Yeah, I think you would like uh, it. It's it's yeah. it's very intense from the standpoint that you kind of got to be methodical and slow paced. This isn't a run and gun <laughs> game because like it only takes a couple of shots and you're dead. And if you get somebody who's really good, it only takes like a single headshot and you're dead. Um, so you have to, you know, take it slow and kind of learn some tricks. But it's once you get the hang of it, it's really fun. And it's even more fun get when you're playing with friends. Glass of wine and a little. We'll just be busting pew out pew. walls. You can be you can be the guy with the sledgehammer. You can just sledgehammer walls down. That's- I want to do that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to play this as well. You just have to have a lot of patience. I, I'm down. Oh. I, I am one to spray fun. and pray and run around and get shot very quickly. Spray and pray. Spray well, there pray. are certain characters that have more mobility than others, and there's certain characters that have like stronger shields. Like you could, you could be, um, you could use a, a shield and a sidearm, um, so that it gives you a lot more protection. I actually like. I got killed yesterday twice, uh, in a row from guys coming around the corner with the shield. And me trying to shoot them and then they're just reaching out with their little sidearm and popping me and I was like, no. Ooh. Um, but it's, um, it's fun. I, run away from a shield. Yeah, yeah, no, essentially. <laughs> you gotta yeah. flank if you see a guy with a shield, like you should run or, or, or run frag, and frag, frag out behind him. <laughs> Those are the most frustrating boss battles when you can't attack a, a boss from the front. You have to go around him because then he spins when you spin. Oh well. yeah. And you're like, stay still, asshole. Yeah, they have a, they have the, the, the cabal are like that in Destiny. That's why yeah. I keep fighting them, all their shields. Anyway, I just wanted to talk about, about how I've gotten back into it and they have a new season and new content. So if you were like me and you played back in the day and you haven't visited in a while, the game looks great. It plays great. It's super smooth. The gunplay is fantastic. The customization options are wonderful. And I'm having a really, really good time. So um, 
hats off to you. They're having a tournament this weekend. They're having a free weekend, actually. If you guys are listening to this and it's the weekend, um, February 12th, the, actually, wait, hold on. Let me double check. That's like now. Rainbow (laughs) six. I'm looking it up. Free. He's looking it up. He's looking it up. Here's a song while I like to look up in the sky. We look up everything all the time. Stars and the Oh, no, I don't want to see this full page ad. Just give me the information she that I want. Still February 15th through February 20th. Um, is that's when the free dates, um, are running and it includes everything up to everything that's available now. Access to all games, maps, and operators. You can give everything a whirl. Try out everybody. Um, the next, um, year three season one content, Operation Chimera, um, in its first break outbreak event is happening in March and it adds monster battling co-op mode to the game as well as new operators and loot crates. Ooh, I'll have to check that out. Loot crates. I love loot crates. Oh, wait, they're adding loot crates to the game. I was wait, I was just talking about how you did microtransactions right. God damn it! They're like, yeah, but we see these other people making more money, oh, so we go and do that. That's totally it, too. Well, well, I dang. still, I still think, I still stand by what I said. I don't know how they're going to implement loot crates. So I'll have to write, or I'll, I'll write them and ask them. And give you guys write them a strongly worded letter. (laughs) Don't ruin a good thing, Ubisoft. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so check it out. It's free, so play it. Have fun. We'll play if you guys want to. I can't play during the free weekend though, because I'm gonna be gone. (gasps) Yeah, you are, girl. I'm gonna be drinking my ties somewhere. (laughs) Drink a pina colada. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Mm, Okay. So, what else do we have on the docket here? Um, Steimer. Uh, while mm-hmm. you were in Mexico, you were collecting some power moons. I was. Well, it was really, I wasn't doing that in Mexico so much as like on the plane to and from Mexico, which <gasps> I forgot to tell you guys. I got upgraded to first class on the oh, way back. Oh, look at baby. you, fancy pants. That's awesome. My mom was so mad. I don't know why she was so, she was just jealous. She was like, why do you get to be upgraded to first class? I was like, Cause I'm MVP. She's like, why can't you share your MVP status with me? I'm like, that's not well, how it works. MVP you literally every month. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, but I just shared Amazon Prime with you. Oh my. <laughs> well, really what you should have told her is the airline gets really testy when you try to share anything from first class with someone not in first class. Well, not only that, she wasn't on the same flight. So oh. I don't know what she really wanted oh. me to do. Yeah. But I was just like, number one, I travel alone. So. It's pretty easy to upgrade one person. Yeah. And then, so, be single forever is what I'm saying. (laughs) It works in your favor. You'll get upgraded to first class more. (laughs) But anyways, I was playing Super Mario Odyssey. With a free uh, glass of champagne in her hand. Reclining in her, what is my saying? Plushy? Plushy seat. There we go. Yep. Yes. It was very good. Very nice. Um... Yeah, no, I was play- I'm still playing it. I'm at the food world. No, I passed the food world. I don't remember which world? world I'm on now, but whatever's after that. So like, and it's are, it's a, it's there. Are you? In, I don't know. I'm liking is it. Is it the same old? I same like old? it. It's it's more of like I can only play it for about an hour or two, and then I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. I put you down. Put you down. You're done with it. And walk away, and then I pick it back up 
for like yeah like an hour an hour and a half i um yeah. i okay ahead. i'm i'm falling in love with my switch more and more so i too just got back um from a vacation from yeah you do yeah and I, it's like a five and a half hour flight both ways so i played a night in the woods on the way there and then on the way back i jumped into xenoblade chronicles 2 and i know many times i have to eat my words here I've said on this podcast many times that like it runs slower, the frame rate is blah on when it's portable. I don't know if I was just in a rough area or if a patch has been released, but that thing runs incredibly well in handheld mode. And it made that five and a half hour flight just go so freaking quick. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Why hasn't anyone ever done anything like this before? Vita, Vita, Sony, Vita, looking at you. Why didn't you perfect anyway? Um, they tried, they tried real hard. You, they, they, Anyway, I don't know. They they made really good hardware. I liked the Vita hardware. Yeah, if they, if they had been able to, if they had put an HDMI port on the Vita and allowed you to plug your Vita into your TV or allowed you to even USB into your PlayStation, I mean, it would have been a game changer for Vita. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I am going back and I'm saying I was wrong. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 runs very well in the handheld mode and it's fantastic. And I just love my Switch so much. I like, I like, I, I'm looking for games to play on it, like, all the time. Cause I'm like, what can I play on you this time? And I feel like it's a system that encourages me to play games that I normally wouldn't play. You don't want like to check out Celeste? Woods. Sorry, what? You don't want to check out Celeste? No, like I said last week, I watched Jason play it and it's, you know, it is, it looks fine from a gameplay perspective, mm-hmm. but it's just not my kind of thing. I like, get I you. want, like, story and characters and blah, blah. It does have story. It does, but the platforming aspect of it just kind of like, you know, it's cool. It's great. It's getting in the way for you. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather play something else than that. That said, like, I know people love it. He really loves it. And it's great. But it's just, like, not something I would prioritize over, like, A Night in the Woods or, like, Xenoblade or something like that. I'm thinking about doing Bayonetta on Switch since that just came out. Bayonetta Ooh. 1 and 2. Have you played them before? I played part of the first one. Oh. No, oh, part so of the good. second Same. one. I played part of the first one. Mm-hmm. So no, I never, never like, I never played them all. Close. Oh yeah, so good. Yeah, and then we have third one coming to Switch. Good job, Nintendo. Doing real good. Yeah, I need to buy more games for my Switch because I only have three. One of which is Splatoon, which I'm never going to play, especially on a plane. Yeah. Uh, and then it's just Mario, which is why I think one of the reasons why I'm playing Mario so slowly is because I know... I need to, I'm like drawing it out. <laughs> like, I need to make this thing last over several trips. So we're just gonna like play a little well, bit Well, Boy the Dragon's there. Trap just came out for Switch too, which is a game, Brittany, I think that you would actually really like. Oh yeah. Um, There's a lot of games that I'm really- What's it called? Uh, Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap? Okay. I think There's that's... a few games that I think the Wonder longest, Boy. the longest five minutes also came out today for it's coming out soon. Um, there's quite a few that I'm, I got my eye on that I'm really looking forward to. A game I think, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to set down is lost fear i just can't stay like into it it sucks oh really i was just about to ask you about that because i was sucks. thinking about getting it what 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 went wrong i don't i don't know if it's because i'm playing xenoblade chronicles 2 like xenoblade chronicles 2 is my game i play while i'm on the couch and lost fear is the game i play on the treadmill and xenoblade chronicles 2 has so much more like charm and, and like passion and fire into it and lost fear just seems kind of like it's lacking that like it's lacking that spark um you know, there's not a lot of, I don't know. It just seems kind of dull. And that, that sucks to say, cause it's a fine game, 
But, um, you know, it, like old Super Nintendo RPGs have so much more charm than I feel like Lost Sphere does. And I was talking to Kim about this a little bit, too, um, after we got done recording. And it's just kind of sad. But I think uh, Steimer made a good point when we were talking about new gaming resolutions is like, hey, if you're not enjoying something, like it shouldn't feel like work to play it. And if I'm playing something on the treadmill, I need something to take me and lure me to that goddamn treadmill. So I'm on there for much longer than like 30 minutes at a time. So we'll see what I pick up instead. I am patiently waiting for Monster Hunter World to come to Nintendo Switch. It doesn't make sense that it's never going to come to Switch because Monster Hunter has such a history being on Nintendo handhelds that it would make sense for this game to come to Switch. Except my Xbox One X can't run the thing, so... I read something about it coming to Switch Good luck. Um, in November... <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be a very long time, my dear. But I think you yeah. know that already. Yeah, I mean, and they would, listen, with knowing how good it looks on PlayStation 4 Pro and HDR, they're probably going to have to dumb it down quite a bit. I will say I'm really glad that I prioritized frame rate over everything else when I was setting up my graphics. I highly recommend you do the same if you have not. Sure, like, prioritize graphics or resolution for a little bit. Check it out. But then, like, I mean, you gotta have the frame rate prioritized when it comes to the battles. It, just, it makes such a difference. I thought the gameplay felt super clunky when I didn't have it prioritized, and then I prioritized it, and I was like, oh. Oh. I see. <laughs> oh, really? It was that much of a difference? It was noticeable. Yeah. A definite oh. noticeable difference, prioritizing frame rate over everything else. Um, I don't know if everybody out there listening or watching, if you've played it and you've noticed a difference or you haven't noticed a difference, of course, you know, let us know. I'm playing, like I mentioned, on a PS4 Pro. I also tried it on Xbox One X. Uh, the graphics look great in both places. I don't know. I just think it looks a little bit better on PS4 Pro. Um, I don't know why, but... If it actually ran on my PS4 Pro, that would put it, leave some bounds away for it me. It does. We'll, we'll get you, we'll get you a different code. Capcom very, I'm still so mad about it. It's such I'm a like, random bug though. It's so, a, I want to play I don't want you to be mad because like just... sometimes that shit just happens. I know it does. It's just luck of the draw. Man. Yeah. Unfortunately, you drew the short straw. Um, <laughs> I did, but we'll, we'll get you a different copy and you can start playing and you can catch up. Cause I never expected to be as hooked into it. I finally finished, um, the, um, the elder dragon mission. So now some new stuff has opened up and I'm kind of like, I, I needed to take a little bit of a break. Cause I kind of went on a monster hunter binge Last weekend, <laughs> John left Sunday morning to go on a business trip. And so I was home all day and I had some errands and some chores to do around the house. And I, I worked out, so made sure to get off the couch. <laughs> Girl, you don't need to justify this. This is no, a video I game need podcast. To. Britt, I need to justify it because it's, impo it's important that I make sure that physical fitness is something that we don't forget about, as Tim Ross has said in on RipGamers.com. But like, you don't want blood clots. No, exactly. But I spent probably a solid fifteen hours or more this past weekend playing Monster Hunter. <laughs> I Monster love it. Hunter. I never would have thought that you would be so hooked on Monster Hunter. Me neither. But I finally finished my butterfly armor set, and I'm I so saw that. Joked about it. Uh, I'm gonna post. Take a picture. Send it yeah, to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll post some screenshots. Um, and I, I've really gotten proficient with the light bow gun. Um, I'm finally now just starting to get a grasp on all the different ammo types. I will say, if you look at my Google search history, 
it's like oh. all monster hunter related. So oh. if you guys listening out there have a favorite guide, I probably should just go pick up the Prima guide. Let's be honest. I, for how much I'm hmm. looking stuff up online. I visited like probably 10 different websites looking at, looking at stuff and there's still people in the forums who are still figuring stuff out. Just cause like there's so many different systems and like the game doesn't do a very good job of explaining like how systems work. Cause I'm like, Okay, so I, I unlock other research for this one type of monster, and so I figure out, oh, I need water ammo to to fight this monster, so I craft a bunch of water ammo, but then it's like, oh, you can't use water ammo in your in your gun. And I'm like, but why not? It's it's ammo for the gun. So then I'm like, hmm, maybe it's just for the heavy bow gun? No, it turns out it's for a specific water gun that I have to craft. And then in order to craft that, I have to go get the special special parts. And then I have to like do all these other missions and then I have to upgrade it. Oh, it's, it's a lot. That sounds like a lot. No, it is. Oh yeah. That's what Monster Hunter is known for though, is like these incredibly complex RPG systems. And it's I, true. I get now why these are like 500 hour games. It's, I'm, I just bought, well, I, they just came in today. Two new HDMI 2.0 cables that are theoretically better than the shit that i was using before good and i'm hoping cables matter everybody cables are important well because i've had issues on both my xbox one x and my playstation 4 pro and they're always like audio kind of cutting or the the graph like just not feeding through fast enough i think we will find out um so fingers crossed that all of my gaming troubles are you have a 4k tv right smoothing do you have a 4k tv Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, you yeah. should have oh, enough yeah. processing oh, yeah. power. Do you know how many hertz your TV has? Like how many? No. It's a, it's a, I, I don't know anything about my TV. I just didn't know that the TV had hertz. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. But let me, I have the box picture somewhere. Most, I can see if the it vast has majority the of TVs that can do 4K have the processing power to actually handle the 4K image. That's why they're a 4K TV. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's a Samsung. TV. It's a nice TV. They better not have gypped me. Oh, man. Now, I will say, too, if you're looking to buy a 4K TV, do your research. Because I, unfortunately, bought a 4K TV that has some of the worst input lag for controllers. And I did not even realize that was a thing you needed to look for yep. when I bought my 4K TV. Thankfully, yep, the same thing. thankfully, the TV has since been patched. But it did take a while. And it's still not like anywhere like it's around the mid-range now and it's like if you're gonna plunk down that cash specifically for gaming do your damn research don't pull a brit I, <laughs> and and a stimer because i did yeah. I did, the, I did that they're not all I built the same i was like <laughs> i don't know why i didn't i mean i knew about it but it didn't dawn on me to actually <laughs> research that shit and like find it and that, i don't know i just went to costco and bought a really nice 4k tv and then later was like Oh, yeah, there's input lag. Okay. Or I can run it in game mode where there won't be very much input lag, but it looks like shit. Right. No, it's true. And I'm like, why can I not have both things? What year is it? Yeah, it, it's real bad. It's Because it, the first uh, game I tried doing the 4K shenanigans on was Assassin's Creed Origins, which is a freaking beautiful game. And so running it on animation, everything is so smooth. Animation mode on the TV, everything is so smooth and everything looks like butter and it's beautiful. But then it was so bad to the point when I was using the bow, I couldn't aim because it was so like jumpy that I couldn't hit a single target. And then I'm like, this really sucks. And then what are you going to do? Return it? Get good. Yeah, I know. Kidding. I know. It's terrible. <laughs> the input. Like, anyway, it's a real problem. 
leg leg <laughs> that's what people always blame things on hey i i admit it i fully blame kidding, things on I'm leg kidding. freely i don't mind it's fine <laughs> yeah. it's better to blame it on the leg everybody, than everybody to blame it on it. a person right there the leg go. made mm-hmm. me do it mm-hmm. i don't know it's a tried and true excuse that's been around for many many a year it's true just keep to it yeah just keep on keeping on blaming the leg um all right so this is the point of the show where (laughs) i'm gonna try to wrap everything up so that's gonna do it for this episode before we go i want to remind everybody if you are interested in becoming a patron of what's good games we have our exclusive happy hour q a which is open to all levels of patrons happening on monday february 26th Mark your calendars and immediately following that is our more exclusive after hour stream. Uh, we're still trying to figure out, uh, what game we're going to play. We will, of course, be posting about that over on patreon.com slash what's good games. So if you guys are interested, plus we still have to come the behind the scenes studio tour with Britt and I. And of course, as I mentioned earlier in the show, the special Valentine's edition our favorite video game romances as the secret segment for the month of February. So uh, thanks again to everybody for supporting the show. We hope that you guys enjoyed the content for this week. Um, Brittany, as master of our social media channels, where can people find us online? People can find us in various places, Andrea <laughs> Renee, such as Twitter.com. Just Google it. No, Just kidding. Google it. <laughs> That's what it's come down to. Just Google it. <laughs> Twitter.com slash what's good underscore games. Facebook.com slash what's good games. YouTube.com slash what's good games. Patreon.com slash what's good games. And what's good That's very impressive. Like, Thanks. You just roll them off the tongue. Oh, yeah. Finally, I didn't butcher it. One week. You're great. You're I good. I did it. And, of course, don't forget to check out teespring.com slash stores slash what's good games for our new designs. And... Finally, if you guys are podcast listeners, and we know that there's lots of you out there. In fact, the vast majority of our audience listens on podcasts. Thank you for supporting us and for listening. If you have never subscribed to the podcast, that would be awesome if you if you did. If you've never left a review or a rating, that would also be super cool. If you guys could take a few minutes out of your day, that would really help us out a lot. Um, it helps improve our visibility so that more people can find us. Um, so once again, you know, we appreciate all of your love and support. We hope that you have some time to binge play some video games this weekend and uh, we will be back next week it's going to be uh the 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 daring duo i'm not going to be here i'm going to be at dice doing my round table it's gonna it's gonna go off oh the rails this time i believe in i believe no, no. In. So, no we got this it's just gonna derail into banging alistair and colin and kaden and all of the the bioware boys we should just do a one-off where we just talk about life i'm down we could do it I would just be like, whatever, whatever, just free flow conversation, whatever Shot comes in. up, comes up. If it is all about naked video game men, then it's all about yeah. naked video game men. That's yeah. fine. All right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's anything you'd like to hear Steimer and I discuss, please, for the love of God and every holy entity out there, send us an email to contact at whatsgoodgames.com. 
Help us. Hey, there's some good ones in your mail. You know that there is. Um, we've been responding to you guys. Thank you so much for writing. I, I think it's going to be a great show, and I can't wait to listen to it on my uh, plane ride back from Las Vegas next week. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> All right, everyone. I'm really saying goodbye for reals now. Goodbye. Bye. No, you hang no, up. You hang up. No, you hang, you hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs>